welcome to the Chapman CG podcast series, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. Hi, this is our mate, Managing Director of Chapman CG, the Americas region. I'm here with Gene Meister, Managing Partner of Future Workplace and the Faculty for Future Workplace Academy. And uh, I have the opportunity to connect with Gene prior to today's discussion. Someone by name, many of you will recognize, certainly very, very well connected across the HR community, may have had the opportunity to, to hear or to read of, uh, of Gene's publications. Earlier this year, uh, the Future of Workplace conducted an online survey with member organizations of the Future of Workplace network to probe the key trends impacting the HR function and what changes organizations are making as they prepare for the future of HR today. So I'm here with Gene to discuss some of those findings and the implications thereof. Many of you may have also read uh, Gene's more recently published article in the Harvard Business Review on the 21 HR jobs of the future, something which I know personally has stirred up a lot of interest across the HR community, a lot of discussion even internally here at Chapman CG. And so we'll touch base on, on that also today. Jean, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Alan, for, for having me. It's a pleasure to be able to speak with you today and, and share some of what we're learning from our HR clients uh, around the world. First, um, I have to sort of acknowledge the moment that we're in, right? I know yeah. that I've been writing about Volca, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous for many years. And it's actually a, a term that was coined in, back in 1987 by the Army War College. And I think we can all agree, you know, we've experienced Volca face-to-face -face and, um, and it's really, it's our opportunity actually to be more resilient uh, in how we deal with these massive changes in our work and, and also in our personal lives. So um, let's start with our survey. Um, we did, yeah, we did conduct a survey called the 2020 HR Sentiment Survey. We sent it to members of our Future Workplace Network, and these are senior leaders in HR, corporate learning, talent management, employee experience. Um, and we, we asked them, we started with the, the first question, um, really thinking about the future state initiatives, um, what's going to bubble up? to the top of your agenda in the next two years. Now, now Alan, it's interesting to note, we sent this out um, end of January through mid-February. Yeah. And for, for us here in the United States, it, it really was before the massive COVID lockdown, right? That the two of the, of the um, initiatives that our sample of HR leaders identified as important are still important. And the first one was employee experience. And now we may, we may term it remote employee experience. I, I happen to be here in upstate New York. And for many of my clients anyway, they're still working remotely. A handful are going back to their offices in a phased approach. So employee experience actually was the number one initiative that when mm -hmm. we asked our sample and at, at Future Workplace, we define this as the sum total of all the experiences an employee has with their employer over the duration of their relationship with the employer, starting from when they 
are recruited for their job through onboarding, career development, and then finally exiting. So that's being really, I think, more important now than ever, as so many people work remotely. What are you finding with your clients, Alan? I think so. I mean, that's certainly bubbled to the top. I think, um, you know, employee engagement experience, uh, you know, and that's sort of impact on, on well-being, you know, um, for sure. I think the, the balance between sort of productivity and, and sustainability um, of that productivity uh, with a remote work setting certainly has been something which has been core and consistent with all of our discussions that we've had. Yeah, and it's interesting. I've done a number of, of virtual events and um, I've often included um, a polling question and um, I've included employee well-being in the list of employee experience and data analytics, people analytics, which is the next one. And Right now, employee well-being is top of mind. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, just we have to take care of ourselves first and, and our team members um, so that we can um, work successfully remotely um, with our teams. So what's, what's interesting um, with some of the leaders in employee experience that we're founding, and we actually have a, created an online course on this called Designing a Holistic Employee Experience, is they don't necessarily have an HR background. They may be physically in the HR area, um, and I'm thinking of the, the gentleman that heads up employee experience at ING. Mm. He started in HR, then he moved over into the ING labs, the digital labs, um, to really develop greater skills in design thinking and agile work methods um, that that group was doing as it related to the future of banking, and then came back to HR to use these tools um, to create a more personalized employee experience. And, and I'm finding that in a couple of other clients as well. Um, and, and so I think that's interesting. And, and we see others that are heading up employee experience that are being pulled from um, the world of corporate communications, right? And now they're, yeah. they're, they're coming into HR. And so, it, you know, it really is um, telling us that um, understanding all the moments that matter to an employee as they, as they move through the organization requires, you know, sort of a, a cross-functional mindset, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's not something that HR is going to solve. You've got to partner with a lot of other people in real estate and in marketing and communications and in innovation area, if you have that in your company, to really pull this off. Could not agree more. I think there's, there's the connectivity across the organization, you know, from HR into the business back, um, it, it's becoming critical um, for sure. So uh, you mentioned people analytics there as an interesting one as well, because that kind of ties into the connectivity of, of the business and data. And that was that was one of the, the sort of top takeaways as well from your survey. Um, it was. People, uh, people analytics, and um, we actually have a, an ebook called Explore the Power of People Analytics. But I think what's driving that, Alan, is um, a recent survey from McKinsey said that actually eight out of 10 organizations are going through a digital transformation. And I'm sure you see this in the clients that hire 
um, your organization to find new heads of HR. And right now, you know, using data to make evidence-based decisions is, you know, the table stakes, right? I mean, you have to, you have, you don't have to, you don't have to be a data scientist, but you need the tools. You need to understand how to use data to solve some people issues. Yeah, absolutely. So, so with that, I mean, that sort of skill, you know, capability that, you know, certainly one of the skills and capabilities that HR leaders and, and business leaders are like having to get upskilled in, what would you say, how are the skills and capabilities of HR leaders more generally changing um, as organizations put, put in new plans for not just kind of post-COVID recovery, but just the new ways of working? Well, I think that definitely this, this data analytics is, is key, is top of the list, and applying mm. that to business problems like you know, proactive retention, who's most likely to leave and what can managers do about it, right? So there's specific applications. So data analytics is key to the list. I think the next one is um, a sense of, you know, digital literacy, you know, understanding how to use all these tools and importantly, artificial intelligence um, to improve the human resources uh, function and actually use technology to create a, a more human experience, if you will. So I think for HR folks, it's really under, you know, knowing what the different tools and technologies, understanding how to integrate them and, mm -hmm. and being very um, facile in using them. I, I think one one day last week, I, I used four different tools in one day, you know, Zoom and WebEx and, you know, uh, uh, Microsoft Teams and yeah. one other. And, and I, you know, I thought, wow, this is, this is really challenging. <laughs> so um, really understanding how to use these tools and what it means for the organization. Um, so that's another one. And I think, I think we're going to see more um, HR leaders really adopting agile tools yes. and techniques and and that's a new one right so that one comes out of the world of it and so i think we're gonna i think hr leaders are going to be required to leverage let's call them non-traditional hr skills agile from the world of it and maybe you know employee journey mapping and design thinking from the world of marketing and customer experience and you know these are more than just knowing what they are they're really using them to to create to understand their employees better and create new and more compelling experiences right yeah and it's, it's a constant state of, of evolution is it and learning um, all the time so with with that in mind i mean with the kind of training and development opportunities that are out there, what sort of new training do you think will be needed for, for remote workers um, and managers of a global remote workforce? Um, certainly new ground for many companies. Yes. Well, I think well-being tops the list. Just mm -hmm. as I, I said earlier, you know, when, when, when I do a sort of an instant poll with HR leaders, well-being really does top the list. And, and what we're seeing is um, training access to training on well-being, apps on, you know, companies actually paying for 
um, apps, you know, might be Headspace, might be Insight Timer that offers a range of online courses for, you know, I think under $10 a month and meditation, you know, a whole set of resources to take care of our employees. I think that's, that's so important and especially more important when everyone is working remotely and, and our lives of working and learning are really blurring. You know, you, we probably can remember it wasn't so long ago we all used the term work-life balance. I think that's, you know, really a dated term right now, right? It's, it's more about work-life integration which you know really creates more synergies between our work, our life, our, our home life, our families, and our personal well-being. So I think, I think well-being. I think I've also seen apps on um, really interesting ones on visual collaboration apps. Um, two come to mind, Miro and Murel. Um, and you know, think in, you know, think if you want to do a design thinking session where everyone you know, comes together in front of a whiteboard and you're mapping out um, an employee journey um, for one of your uh, segments of, of workers. Well, mm -hmm. you're, you may still be working remotely. And these are really powerful apps for visual collaboration on Zoom, right? So you can move your, your yellow stickies around the screen and, and have a really powerful um, design thinking session remotely with a handful of your team members. So I think there's going to be, you know, definitely more on that. And I think companies are, um, you know, creating training on, on how to create an optimal virtual and physical workspace, right? It's like, what should you be? It's not just you know, your virtual workspace, what is, what should your physical workspace be? I think that, you know, companies are doing, you know, some are actually providing little stipends for, you know, if you're going to be working remotely for, let's say, like Facebook and Google are, have said they're not returning till July of 2021, you know, stipends for, do you have the right equipment and work chair and everything to successfully work remotely. No, sorry, no, I was going to say that's good. That sort of segues into uh, kind of a, a, the next question around what, what are some of these facilities, people and social norms that HR leaders are putting in place as you know, remotely, but also as people start to return to work? I think there's a couple of really interesting things uh, companies are doing. First of all, they're um, forming response teams, you know, where HR is on it, you know, business continuity response teams of HR CEO office, real estate IT, and, and I, I see companies um, piloting wearable technologies for contact tracing and ensuring that physical social distancing is happening. There was a recent article where, where Amazon um, is piloting um, like a bracelet, a digital assistant bracelet, which sort of buzzes if you get too close to I, I read about that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, I, I think the the more interesting um, use cases are um, virtual reality training on um, and and really on on using virtual reality to train uh, employees um, on what's the protocol for entering the building when they actually are invited back into the building. Right. You know, in many buildings you know, and certainly I live in New York City, you know, big elevators, right? And there's a right. certain protocol on, 
on um, how many people are going to be allowed in the elevator. And then once you get off the elevator, um, there's protocol on really what's called a contactless entrance into the workspace. So companies are starting to partner with um, virtual reality um, firms to create sort of this virtual experience of what to expect when you finally do return to the workplace. And that, yeah, we've seen some companies do that um, and not maybe not use virtual reality, but use videos in, in place of virtual reality if they don't have that sort of software or access or, you know, if it's a sort of cost concern as well to, to share among employees. But like, like, as you say, what are the norms, what are the rules to follow and um, to get people to feel comfortable going back to somewhere where they spent you know, many years often and, and want to go back to and utilizing that technology as well is really intriguing because we're without the kind of senses, you know, the sensory um, triggers of, of stepping into a, a new office, for example, and thinking, oh, you know, I really belong here, or, you know, I've joined an organization because of the, the setting uh, of the office, the physical setting, the social setting, and talk about tech companies, you know, who put billions of dollars creating these amazing campuses um, that people are no longer in. So having that kind of onboarding virtual reality technology to to use as a talent acquisition tool to, to sort of help sell the culture, the feeling of being in as part of that environment without physically being there. We're seeing a lot of focus around that as well. Are you seeing any other innovations around onboarding talent remotely? I would say number one is um, if, if companies have the budget and a lot of the tech companies yeah. do like Facebook and Google, they are using virtual reality, either headsets or avatars, mm. um, some VR, immersive uh, technologies don't require headsets. There are avatars that you, you engage with on your laptop that explain, you know, the culture, give you a tour of the space and, and, and orient you. I think, you know, it's, it's also challenging for, you know, for companies that may not have the budget in this era of, of sanitation, right? You, you know, you're going to need a, you know, headsets for different um, employees. So, so I think, I think we're going to see more immersive learning opportunities, some with headsets, some with avatars on, on a laptop to get people excited about joining the company and understand the culture and the mission and the values and, and maybe some short videos of, of their manager and other team members. Um, uh, but I think, you know, this is, this is the opportunity for lots of innovation with, us, with, employee, with um, new hire onboarding. Agree. I couldn't, could not agree more. And we're also seeing an interesting trend there around your know, skill sets and, and coming into HR and particularly kind of into talent acquisition around that sort of onboarding messaging, even kind of into branding um, and individuals coming out of the advertising space, um, stepping into HR. You know, from the communications aspect, we're seeing that sort of shift, which is quite interesting. So new skill sets coming into the into the function, uh, which maybe weren't there before. So that really, really intriguing. I wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity well, yeah, with you today, Jean, because of yeah, this wonderful article that you published recently within the Harvard Business Review, this 21 jobs of, of the future. What drove you to write that? And What's been some of the feedback that you've received? I love talking about it because it certainly <laughs> did stir up a debate, as you can easily see if you go to the HBR with, with all the comments. Um, so we have a network um, called the Future Workplace Network, and it's a consortium of HR talent and learning 
uh, leaders. And actually, Ellen, the last time we met in, in person was at Agilent Technologies. And, and we kicked off this project in November of 2019. And we kicked it off by um, doing a presentation on the macro trends impacting the future of work, sort of the business, demographic, technology, real estate trends. And then um, the group of, at that point, we had about a hundred people in the room um, identified, okay, what are some of the, what is the HR impact on, on these trends and what new skills, capabilities, and jobs does that translate into? So our group actually identified about 60 potential new HR jobs directly related to this mix of, of business technology and workspace trends. And then my co-author and I narrowed this list down to 21 based on the sort of organizational impact. Yeah. And then we created this two by two grid with the X axis depicting time over the next 10 years and the Y axis depicting the level of technology centricity, how much sort of technology. The debate is, is, was very interesting. People focused on the name of the jobs rather than the fact that these are either jobs or work streams that are important mm -hmm. for HR to um, really come to grips with. And, you know, there was a lot of, of comments on, you know, HR data detective. Well, that's really, you know, our sort of you know, name for the head of people analytics, right? right. Using yeah. those data analytics skills. So we, we had a lot of comments, you know, in order, you know, on the names that we selected for some of these jobs. But, but importantly, putting the jobs aside, the essence of the article is whether you're going to create a new job or not is depending on your organization, your culture, and your budget but think of these as 21 really important work streams right. that you really should consider as you think through your HR operating plan over the next couple of years. And so that we hope that that message got across. And, and when you add the lens of, of, of COVID-19, you see how um, a lot of these jobs, importance of these jobs has come to the to the surface, like mm. the business continuity director for one, right? Um, you know, that's, you know, in, in with the example we had in the article, that is, you know, that's not necessarily a new job, but in a very important work stream for a CHRO as they work with the CEO and the, and the CIO on, on planning uh, and, and a response to uh, back to work. Wonderful. I'm, 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 I'm really you know, glad as well. You had the opportunity uh, you know, today to, to 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 share that as well. Those sort of findings and and that sort of clarity for people once they've listened to the podcast, and then go back also and then reread your article to make that sort of connection. Because certainly, as you say, the work streams aspect of it and just the the duties are yeah absolutely spot on with what we're hearing in the market of, of what's being asked of either either an HR function. Or, or even a single HR leader being asked to be all those things um, in, the new, in the new way of working, which uh, a lot of the time HR professionals are asked to be all things to all people. And, and certainly I appreciate that. So, I mean, it's, it's great that you sort of putting these things down as well. And you're, you're sort of sharing these insights and, and someone who's so well connected 
with CHROs and HR leaders uh, around the world to hear these insights, uh, Jean, from you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I think one of the the um, one of my favorite jobs that I'm actually seeing now with our clients is there are a number of clients with act the actual role, Alan, called future of work leader. And so where we might have been talking about the future of work, you know, and certainly I've been talking about it, researching and writing about it, um, we're beginning to see a growing number of organizations where this is actually a distinct new role reporting to the CHRO, really um, setting the strategy for the organization regarding the future of work and, and proposing reskilling and upskilling initiatives. So I, I don't know if, if you've seen that as, as part of your search capabilities. Yeah, I mean, we've not so much in the title as rather a sort of set of responsibilities around kind of you know, the OD aspects um, and looking at kind of changes in structures and ways of working. But I mean, I'd love to pick up, a, you know, it's certainly another opportunity for us to connect and share this with, with the broad HR community as well, in, you know, in a period of time to see how that's settled into an HR operating model or structure and whether that is a, you know, a, a, certainly a, a trend, which we're going to see a lot more of. Agreed. Totally mm. agreed. Well, Jean, I, mean, I can't thank you enough. This was, uh, this is us signing off. Uh, Jean uh, Meister, Managing Partner, uh, Future Workplace and Faculty for the Future Workplace Academy. Uh, absolute pleasure. And thank you again for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you so much, Alan, for having me. It's been a pleasure. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.